0: Now, being Father's Day, I wanted to start with some funny videos, and uh, I did some research trying to get some of those funny videos of dads and their particular gifting, because I'm talking about spiritual gifts today, and I wanted to, kind of to b- combine the two. And some of those videos where it doesn't quite work out, where kids and dads are playing football, and the dad kicks the ball and kicks a kid in the face and all those sort of things. And, and I watched a few of these sort of videos about kind of the skills that dads have which don't always work very well. And I just, I didn't find any that I liked in the end, partly because the language wasn't always great, but partly because I think it reminded me of my own parenting too much. And the times when you're trying your best and it just doesn't work out. Uh, and you've got the sports match that's, that's being played and, and you end up injuring a child or, you know, it's a great idea to go tobogganing. Down in Dunorland Park, and you lose them at the bottom, and they nearly end up in the lake. And it's the, oh, I, I can't—it's just too too near to the knuckle. Um, some of you will know that I was away last weekend, and we had the, Judith and I had the great privilege of seeing Jacob, our eldest son, get married, and uh, that was a wonderful day. We sang a song earlier, "Reckless Love," and it was while that song was being played as part of the church service uh, last Sunday that I nearly lost it because. I was just thinking about God's goodness, and there's a passage in that song which talks about, God, you've been so good to me. And I was stood at the time, and I don't know, not all of you can share this experience, but please just indulge me for a moment, that um, I was stood looking at my son and uh, his new bride, because the words man and wife had been said at that point, and so they were married. And looking at them as we were singing this song, and I knew that some of our family were behind me, some, some friends that we'd not seen for a long time were there, and they were meeting other friends that we'd not seen for a long time, and they didn't know each other, and they're connecting up, and I'm just enjoying this day. And we're singing about God's goodness, and there's been ups and downs, and there will still be ups and downs. But at that moment, I was overwhelmed by a sense of God's goodness and the gifts that God gives, which are around his blessings to us and the people he puts in our lives. And, and I was just thinking about this, this message today and thinking back to last weekend. And At most weddings you go to, there's a gift list that you get. If you're invited as a, as, a, as a guest, you can contribute a gift to the couple getting married. And Jacob's list was quite mundane, I thought. It wasn't too expensive. Some of them you look at and you think, well, if If four or five relatives get together, we we could probably buy a dinner plate between us. You know, it's that sort of list. Because it's the finest of the finest of the best. And you think, wow, there's no way we could kind of aspire to this. But Jacob would kind of... Low-balled lowball in a sense. He'd, he'd gone fairly simple and most of the, most of the gifts were accessible but I want to keep that in your mind about uh, gifts and, and wedding present gifts that are given as we start off into this message today because I think it's just going to really help you today. See my point is this, that God's given gifts for us to have but they're not for us, they're for others and I want to talk about that and why those gifts are so important today um, and what it means for us. We've been looking through part of The early church story over the last month or so, really looking at how God comes into the church and meets with people and empowers them by his Holy Spirit. God turns up and says, I'm here. You can have my power, my enabling. The Bible talks about anointing. And you can have that to serve me and follow me and take the life-changing message of Jesus out to the whole world. Stuart, you say, what's that message? Well, that message is that Jesus can change people's lives today. The message is that people are lost and without hope, without Jesus, but that in him, they have hope and and life and liberty. That when people say, I've been going my own way, uh, Jesus, will you come and forgive me of my sin? I want to follow you. That God washes us clean and we have a brand new start. And that whole message that unpacks then of how we live for God and how we live with him in our lives, not on our own, but with him, the early church went and they took around the world. And they did that with God with them through the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking a little bit about that over the previous weeks. There's a passage that, uh, in Luke's Gospel which just gives us incredible encouragement. This is Jesus talking about how God gives the Holy Spirit to us, how God gives himself to us. And uh, it says this, and it's this thought on Father's Day of fathers and kids. You fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask you for an egg, Do you give them a scorpion? Now, you realize Jesus is is speaking a couple of thousand years ago. Now it might be a PlayStation or an Xbox or something else. So the illustrations might be slightly different and perhaps slightly more expensive. but, But there we go. So if they ask for an egg, will you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So you, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And the principles there of fallible, failing human fathers who want to do the best for their kids, they're not going to give them stuff that's going to harm them. So even more so, when you ask and say, God, Father, I would, I'd like your Holy Spirit in my life. God's going to give you that, not a fake. Nothing's going to harm you. And so that's the principle that Jesus is talking about that we're basing on. So if you fast forward through the early disciples of Jesus, one of the guys is called Paul, and, and he's set up a number of churches, and they're, they're kind of all over the, pl- the known world at the time, dotted around the Mediterranean. And uh, they're these often tiny clusters of people who've been dispersed around this, this whole empire. Rome has started to persecute um, a little bit the Jewish Uh, authorities are persecuting the Christians a little bit. And so churches have been scattered, people have been scattered around and popping up around the Mediterranean, these clusters of churches. And Paul's writing in a letter I'm going to read from to a group in a place called Corinth. And uh, these people are full of life. They, They love Jesus. Their lives are a bit messy. The church is a bit all over the place. We've been very, very safe and stayed today. It's been kind of gentle today in our, in our worship time. And that's been good, but, but it's also good to be loud and boisterous at times. And the church in Corinth is a bit all over the place. It's a bit messy. Uh, and it's a bit full of pride and selfishness as people are uh, using the, the gifts that God's given that we're going to be talking about today to, to show off. Uh, and people are getting hurt. And so Paul's writing a letter in response to a letter that they've written to him. And uh, Paul actually says this now, it's in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities or the gifts that the Spirit gives us. And we get this sense as we're reading Corinthians, it's not just Bible that's dropped out of the sky, but that letters have gone back from Corinth to Paul. And Paul's saying, right, well, you've asked me some questions. Here you go. Here's my letter back to you. And that's, what we, that's the dialogue that's going on at this point. In the midst of all their issues and, and questions and issues, Paul's writing to them. And we see this, that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, who's God with us today, gives us different kinds of gifts. And I want to read through a a passage uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 onwards. It says this, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways. But it's the same God who does this work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. Oh, wrong one. That's IKEA. That's coming up in a minute. Holy Spirit's the giver of gifts. These aren't, I want us to see a couple of things from this very quickly. They're not natural gifts, these are spiritual gifts. Right at the top, if you can see, different kinds of spiritual gifts. So, Paul is not talking about your natural abilities or mine, the fact that you're quite good at sports or quite good at languages uh, or you've got a gift with numbers. It's not that sort of stuff. He's talking about spiritual gifts that God gives. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is the source of all those. And in all of them, God is at work. We see that God, the, the gifts being used are God working. This is not just us doing this, but this is God working in all of us. And finally here we see that those gifts are given to us, but not for us. They're given to us so that we can help each other. It's really important. Remember, Corinth is this place where it's all a bit messy and they're all rather pleased with themselves. And Paul's saying to them, God wants to give you gifts for the sake of other people. Sarah Weber was speaking last week, and I wasn't here, but I listened into the message which is a great way of keeping up if ever you're away, to listen back in to what's been shared. And she spoke about a, a table uh, uh, laid with, with food, with a banquet, a sort of church bring and share meal. And the idea of those, if you're not familiar with them, is that peop- everyone brings something to share and then there's enough to go round. And someone might bring a bag of crisps and someone else brings a dish that they've cooked and someone else brings a pudding and whatever else and there's enough food to share. And her point was everyone needs to take part. Everyone needs to bring their gift And everyone needs to receive as well. And that's the point that Paul's making in this whole passage that everybody gets to play and everyone needs to belong. But we need everybody to bring their best and everyone to bring their gift. Some of you will have had the misfortune of assembling uh, flat pack furniture in your time. I have. I've done my fair share. I've got to be reasonably okay at it now. Um, But if ever I'm confronted with a pack of stuff like this, my heart sinks. Uh, and particularly if it's one of those units where there's four or five of them taped together. And uh, I went to drop some stuff off at Jacob's house l- a couple of weeks ago before he got married. And, and there was a unit he'd started assembling, which a couple of us, kind of, we only had about half an hour. And foolishly, we started, which was, which was ridiculous. Because we looked at the instructions, and there were four packs like this. A, B, C, D. And he'd already opened some and started sticking some of them into one of these things. But wasn't quite sure that he'd got the bits in the right places. And he thought, oh... This is a nightmare. So he's promised me that I can go and stay at his house when they're back <laughs> off honeymoon. And you know why. So that I can put the jolly thing together. Um, but those, these packs, you, you get to the end of assembling something and your dread, you know what I'm going to say, your dread is that you've got four or five bits left over. Because you know that the unit you've built is weaker than it should be you know that you're going to pull a drawer out in six months' time and it's going to collapse on you because you've actually got the vital bits still left in a packet. And and there's this sense that every bit, as small, as tiny, as frustrating as it might be to fit in, as different as it might be from another bit, is is significant and all matters. Every one of those pieces matters, particularly that little Allen key that screws everything together. And holds the whole thing. You know, it's it's the vital piece. But every single piece is important. And when, when Paul's saying God's given gifts, the Spirit gives gifts to the church to all. There's some in this room I don't know. But my message is to you too today. That God wants to give gifts to you to be a blessing to others here and outside. Every single person in this room is included. And the kids upstairs are included and downstairs. This is not boundaried by age. Or anything else, this is God saying, I want to give gifts to, to those who want to receive them. Now, we need to look quickly at what these gifts are. Uh, you may have yourself received gifts at times where you've opened it up and, and you've gone, oh, that's nice. And you're thinking to yourself, what is it? And you don't know how to ask. Well, I've had a couple of those gifts over the years and lovely items and genuinely I've still got a couple of them and I still haven't got a clue what they are. And I haven't had the courage to go back to the giver and say, excuse me, I'm really sorry, but 17 years ago you gave me a gift and and it's been in pristine condition ever since. It's, it's. I'm sure it's very valuable, but what is it? Because there are gifts that you unwrap and you're just not sure and some of you will remember the story of the Israelites in the wilderness going from Egypt into the promised land. And there's, there's food, they're fed by this kind of food that appears on the ground, this, this stuff called manna. And, and the word, it means, what is it? And it's a bit like that with some of the gifts God gives. He wants to give us gifts. And we go, what is it? What are these things? So quickly, we're going to look at some of these gifts and, and see what they are. So this is 1 Corinthians 12 again, if you want to follow along in either on a phone or in a Bible says this, to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gifts each person should have. There's a lot of gifts going on. There's a lot of gifts being given. These are all spiritual, and they're all gifts given to people. I want you just to notice that quickly. They're gifts given to people. In Ephesians 4, we read of a, a passage where Paul's writing again, this guy called Paul's writing to another church, this time in Ephesus, and he talks about different kind of gifts. And he says, now these are the gifts Christ himself gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. There he's writing about gifts of people given to the church. Here he's writing about gifts given to people. Now the two can overlap. You can have evangelists who've got gifts, some of these gifts, but it's a different category of gift, One is a gift of people to the church, and one is a gift to people. Now, it's difficult to aspire to to be a, a person, but it's quite easy, as we'll see in a minute, to aspire to receive these kind of gifts that God has given. He's given them to all. He's made them liberally, generously available. And all of us can have these gifts. And you might think, well, what's the point of that? Well, it's to build up the church and to take the message of the gospel wide around the world. It's to change people's lives. I want to talk in a moment about how that happens, but these gifts are grouped often into certain sets, and I've just pulled them there to to make it a bit simpler. So to some, God gives the ability to give wise advice. This is not just advice like a parent might give to a child or to a a friend might give to another, but this is particular wisdom from God that... um, Will give them the, a kind of a pattern or a path as to the way ahead perhaps or or an action in a very difficult situation coupled with that. there are times when God gives people a message of special knowledge, a word of knowledge we might talk about, and this might be where you you may have seen this in a in a meeting very much like this, and someone will say, well i I just believe that god's that there's somebody God's saying there's somebody here that he wants to heal, and they've got this condition it's something wrong just about here on this knee." Uh, it might be something like that. And there's a very specific word that God's giving to, to one person to share. And on the back of that, God, God wants to work. 1 Corinthians 12, we read again about these gifts of faith. Now, that's not general faith to believe in God. We all need that. But this is a great faith, a faith that, that um, trusts in God at a particular time, in a particular situation, and is able to be an encouragement and a blessing to others. And it's linked to the ones that follow, gifts of healings. This is the only one, gifts that's plural, indicating that perhaps the healing is not just a a kind of a general, I can heal everybody, but each individual healing is an expression of that gift being used. Power to perform miracles. In the New Testament, we read of incredible stories that happened where they go beyond ordinary healings and amazing things are taking place in the church and that people's lives are being changed as a result. Ability to prophesy. So earlier on, we had a Uh, an encouragement brought uh, and that was checked out somebody came and spoke to James who's at the front who's leading and and he listened and and was trying to use this sort of ability to discern is this from God at this time or not and and just weighing up what God's saying And, and then the answer was yes it is and so we we heard what God was saying to us at that time speaking in unknown languages and then linked to that interpreting what's being said and this uh, happens very occasionally in church where somebody in the midst of a worship service will speak out in a language that they've not learned and that maybe you don't know. And, and you might think, what's what's that? And then we'll say, wait, someone's just spoken in tongues. Well, let's just wait and we'll hear what God's saying. And, and then someone else will interpret what's being said. And, and to give an encouragement that might encourage you about how this works, just this last one, because this is perhaps the most unusual um, got a good friend who uh, teaches on a lot of this stuff. He was a principal at a Bible college and tells us a, tells a story of several occasions where this has happened to him. Um, one occasion, he was speaking at a church and uh, during the worship time, uh, that, like we've just had, time of singing today, somebody stood up and gave a message in tongues. They kind of spoke out in a language they've never learned. And my friend David at the end of the time uh, just after that then gave an interpretation he said well this is what I believe God's saying this means and he interpreted it and the service went on and he preached and carried on and got to the end and went home again now David was a Bible college principal and one of the people he'd taken with him was a student from the Bible college and he spoke he was an African student but so he spoke French he was from that from part of Africa where the French was the kind of main national language, but he also spoke a tribal language, or a, a language kind of more for the p- people he came from. And, and, he, and he was in the church, and he, he went up to my friend David at the end, and he said, and called him Monsieur Petz, because uh, David Pets was his name. He said, Monsieur Pets, Monsieur Petz. Um, and he was so excited. And he said, the, the language that was spoken was my, my language, his, his sort of tribal language, the language in tongues that spoke was my tribal language. No one could have known that. And so David said, wow. That's interesting. Um, what about the interpretation? <laughs> and this guy Jules just went, it was correct. <laughs> like, what else? There was another occasion when David, the same guy, he tells some great stories, but another occasion when he was speaking and there was some uh, traveler, uh, we in, our, in the church we used to be part of, we had quite a number of travelers come and go, as you would expect, through the church. And God was doing an amazing work amongst them. And in one message he was speaking and uh, he, he, he was just talking about how the Holy Spirit works and gave a little bit in tongues. He said, it's a bit like this. It's just like, I'm, I'm I'm not waiting for God to take over my body. I'm just speaking. I'm in control. And he spoke a little bit in tongues and finished and then carried on with his message about how to use the gifts in the Spirit. And this, this traveler lady came up to him at the end and uh, said, um, that bit when you, you spoke, that was for me. He said, Oh, well, was it? And apparently in Romany, he'd said, "Um, I've told you before to give up smoking. Or no, I've told you before that smoking's bad for you. And and that's what he said just in this message. And she'd just been outside before the message, before the service, having a fag and coming in and all the rest of it. And it's like, this is for me. Uh, and, And this is amazing how God works in these very simple ways. And so this is, although it seems unusual to us because this is spiritual, not natural, God's at work in people's lives in very real and ordinary ways. When we're listening to God and doing what he says. And so that's my encouragement today is that we actually need to take hold of the gifts God's giving. I'm going to rush. You can tell I'm enthusiastic about this, but you can also tell there's a lot to say. So uh, I want to just focus in on the bits that are really important and leave the rest out today. How do you receive these spiritual gifts if you're interested? Well, number one. 1 Corinthians 14. Desire The special abilities or the gifts that God gives, it starts with a desire. God isn't going to force something on you. You have to desire him. Desire more of him. Desire his kingdom. Say, God, I want you in my life. I want to use and be part of these gifts that you're bringing to the whole church. I I want them. Secondly, you have to seek them. Uh, Paul also writes here, since you're so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek them so he actually says seek those that will strengthen the whole church but the key I want to bring out is seek they don't just come by desire you have to seek after them you're seeking after God but you're seeking after the gifts God is bringing to strengthen the whole church and then we have to pray anyone who speaks in tongues should also pray for the ability to interpret so we see that we can desire the gifts seek the gifts uh, and pray for them too it's quite simple in a way and we shouldn't be afraid to ask. I think there's one more thing we need to do after desiring and seeking and, uh, and praying is that we should also try. Should have a go and trust. That passage I read earlier on from Luke said that we could trust that the Father gives good gifts to his kids. And sometimes I think we've been given gifts and we've not actually realized we've got them. We've asked for them and nothing's happened so we think, well, nothing happened and God wasn't interested. I suspect what actually happened is God says, go on then, it's yours. And we've waited for something so miraculous to take place that we haven't noticed any difference. And actually, because the effort on it is on our part to actually step out and do something, then we've not known that we've received it. I was reading something on healing a little while ago, because uh, I would love to see more people healed. I'd love to see God kind of working and and just in such a way that that we're praying and there's more people getting healed and this guy who's been quite used in this area uh, probably uh, kind of a recipient of gifts of healing was writing and he was saying this he said evaluate your response to prayer so pray for some people and then see what God's done Uh, so pray for people to get healed and then check in how's how's it working but he said this pray first for 700 people individually this is one after the other, not all in one day, but nor just, Lord, I pray for 700 people that they get healed, but pray individually and then check in after 700 how it's gone. How many has God healed? You see, I think there's some genius in this because most of us pray for one and go, it didn't work, therefore I haven't got the gift of healing. We might be brave and go, go on, I'll have another go. Oh, I'm not sure. Someone felt a little bit better but it didn't seem good enough and so we stop and discouragement comes so quickly on us we're so easily discouraged but what about if you made a deal with yourself not to ask how's it going until after 700 wouldn't we be praying for a lot more people and expecting God to do a lot more couldn't perhaps God work in that environment of expectation and hope and, and naive vulnerability as we just went go on God we need you to turn up and we stepped out couldn't it just be that in that environment we'd see that God's doing more than us going? I'm not sure if I've got this. So, ask, pray, step out, try. One of the things I—it's really obvious about gifts—is that uh, it's—it feels good to get gifts. I'm sure Jacob after his wedding will come back, after the honeymoon will come back and they'll get back to their flat and there'll be gifts there and they'll unwrap them and that'll be nice. See him, Rebecca, and they'll, they'll unwrap these gifts. That'll be lovely. And it can feel really nice when someone says to you, I've got you a gift. Now, sometimes it feels nicer just to receive the gift than it does subsequently when you've actually discovered what's in it. Because the sense of anticipation is better than the gift itself. Rob can relate to that. Because this last birthday I bought him a gift and it was a bag of crisps, I think, and not much else. And it wasn't, it was he'd had actually asked for the crisps, so it wasn't I was just being mean to him. But he said, oh, I like these crisps, so there you go, he got some crisps. They weren't even wrapped up, no. They didn't even have much to unwrap other than the packet. But gifts are great to receive, but they're useless unless you unwrap them. Unless the wrapping is itself the gift. Unless it's just a pretty box and that's it. But actually the whole point of getting a gift is that we need to unwrap it. And, and this whole message I'm aware that for our, if you're coming from a British, in particularly English culture, this whole message can seem really weird because our, our default is that it's impolite to ask. Gifts should be received but never asked for. And our default is, how dare I ask? Why should I ask? I I can't possibly. And yet God is saying to us, please, ask. He's writing it via Paul in the Bible. Ask for them, please. And we're going, well, I couldn't possibly, Lord. I couldn't possibly. It's too rude to ask. And God's saying, please, will you ask for these gifts? Why? Because they'll build up the church. Because actually God believes in the cause of everybody knowing about Jesus. God believes in that he can make a difference in people's lives. Jesus was nailed to a cross, not because we, so we could a few people could be polite, but so that he could take the sin of the world. Yours and mine. He rose from the dead so that he could conquer death. And so that message and that life transformation could go around the world. He, God believes in this stuff. And he's offering us gifts, not for you. It's not, oh Lord, I couldn't possibly... Who am I, but a humble? no just take it, ask for it, please, God wants us to have gifts so there's some let me come back to my notes. There's some that you don't seek because they seem it seems odd or impolite. let someone else have them no, they're much nicer than I am, they're much more mature than I am, they're much better Christian than I am. Let them have those gifts and no no, they're for us. ask, I can't eyeball everybody, but ask ask for spiritual gifts. Ask for them. Unwrap them. When you ask, trust that you've received. Trust it, unwrap it, and then try. Try and use it. Have a go. Say, God, if it's prophecy, you want to kind of hear God speaking, but then then stop talking and listen for a bit. Get into the Bible, read it, read how God speaks, and and just get familiar with his presence. And and try and get someone, a couple of people around you. And, and if you want to pray into a situation you, and you want to hear God speaking, get some people you trust and say, I want to hear from God, but i am a bit nervous about it. And get them to listen and encourage you in it and, and, and speak. Don't, don't go to someone and kind of the first thing and say, well, God's told me that you're going to get married and, um, and it's going to be to me that you get married. That's manipulation. <laughs> That's manipulation, not prophecy. God speaks to encourage people, not to manipulate them. So just be careful. Get people around you. There's safety in numbers. There's safety in having wise people around you that can encourage and su- support you in this. Don't, don't If you've asked for a gift and you've received it and you know you have and you've used it before, why is it not being used today? Why is it like an ornament that's on a shelf? Like your baptism. I, I became a Christian and got baptized. Your baptism in the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yep, spoke in tongues, done all that business. Great. I prophesied once. Great. I uh, had a kind of pray for someone and, and they got healed. It was amazing once. Now, what, I want, what I'm encouraging today is that we get the certificates and we blow the dust off them. And we stop celebrating yesterday alone and we step into God's promise for today because there's a world around us that needs him. We've spoken about Broadmead. The needs in that community are just the same as they are in the town center. There's people who need Jesus today. And they need a, a fired up, empowered people. We have nothing to offer other than kindness ourselves and even the kindness comes from God's provision but with him we're an army with him we can raise up a storm and actually change people's lives with the hope that's found in this book in the gospel because we care because we love because we give because we serve also if you've unwrapped your gift if you've tried it if you've used it and if you're still using it but someone else's looks shinier and you're disappointed with the gift you've got you can either ask for theirs or you can just get on with it. You can ask God and say, God, I, I'd like that gift. Fine, but don't envy. Don't, don't, be, don't be looking at someone else and saying, well, that looks so much more impressive. I wish I could be like that and do that. Use the gifts God's given you. That pack of Ikea fixings I showed, some of them are bigger than others, some of them are shinier than others, some don't look that important, but each one plays its part. And so we all play our part. finally, just say this, why does all this matter? It matters because people were designed to know God. The world was designed to be in harmony with people, God and people people in the world and it got broken and shattered and and many of you know this from your own personal experience that those relationships between God and people and people in the world and creation itself was meant to be harmonious and productive and fruitful and and it got broken and the reality is that without Jesus coming in to mend those relationships between God and people and people and each other and people in the world we've got no hope but with him there is hope and it matters because the the community of people that God has chosen to share the message about Jesus and actually to bring restoration in relationships between God and people and people and each other and people in the world is the church. And thankfully, not just our church, because we'd be stuffed if it was us for the whole world. But thankfully, God's given uh, churches across the globe. And this is not some kind of glory trip for the church. This is ordinary people like you and me who've said, God, we don't feel like we've got much, but would you give us the gifts you need to use For you. This matters because I believe that we can see people's lives changed. And it matters because, (coughs) bless you, we are nearly done. Each of us are going to go to places where the others aren't going to go this week. This week, you will walk into places I won't go. And I will walk into places you won't go. And it matters because God goes with us. It matters because there are people in the worlds you'll walk into that I won't ever meet. That the prophetic person you heard speaking earlier or later or whenever isn't there, but you are. Where the person who you know has got a gift of healing isn't there, but you are. And it matters because sometimes you're the only one who knows Jesus in that room. And in that moment, you've got to say, Not God, thank you that you gave me the gift of tongues. I'm going to speak in tongues because it may not be what's needed at that moment. You might need to say, God, I'm a bit nervous, but I can see there's a need here. Would you give me? A new gift and trust you. Because I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are available to each of us. It matters because we want to see people's lives changed. And there are places you and I go that we're not having a church service, and we've not got four songs, we've not got announcements, and there's no offering and there's no preacher. It's just you on your own. But God still wants to turn up and make a difference. That's why it matters. My encouragement today is to seek after God and to seek after his gifts because he wants to give them to us. He wants to change people's lives. Let's pray. There's lots more I could say. We're going to pick up, I'm going to pick up on some more application points in a couple of weeks' time um, when I'm speaking again, just on how, more practical, just on how we use them, what we should expect, that sort of stuff. But I want us right now to pray and to pray that God would open our hearts. First, come guys, come, Please. I want to pray that God would open our hearts because it may be that all of this is new and you're thinking I don't even know if I'm a Christian I don't even know if what all this following Jesus is about and for you I want to pray that God would open your heart so you can look at this afresh and realize that you need Jesus in your life in a new way for Others, you may think, well, I kind of get some of this stuff about gifts, but I think I've probably packed some away and I've not used them for a while. or I've not even asked. And and my encouragement today to, to you is to ask God afresh for what it is he wants to give you so that you can be a blessing. Father God, I pray today that you'd work in our hearts. I pray you'd open our hearts to receive from you. For those of us who in this room, who need you for the very first time, who are saying, I I just know I need Jesus today. God, I pray you'd help them in their hearts to see what their need is, to understand enough just to say yes to you, that you're offering life and life to the full. You're offering an opportunity for a new start. And I pray, Lord, you'd make that possible for people today as they simply say, Lord, I need you. I thank you, Lord, that every time we ask you, you come into our lives. That when we turn around from our old way of life, you meet us and you say, here's my new life, receive from me. Lord, I pray for others who are in this room who maybe are kind of not sure if they can even ask for stuff or it seems rude. God, I pray that you'd get rid of our false humility get rid of our sense of impoliteness and improperness and help us be bold and courageous before you (laughs) lord we come humbly before you but you tell us also to come confidently and so we pray almighty god we're seeking you not just the gifts of your hand but you've encouraged us to seek these gifts and so we say lord because we're seeking you we pray you'd give us the gifts we need to do the work you've called us to do and God, I pray for each of us that there might be a new deposit of boldness. That as we're going about our week this week, we wouldn't just put off the needs we see around us, but we would step up and step in, trusting that you're, you at that moment are going to meet us and use us to make a difference in someone else's life. In Jesus' name I pray. Just would you keep your eyes closed for a moment, please.